Here's the thing I want to make absolutely clear. When you know that you have been created for greater, don't you dare settle for less. Pressing forward to the greater that you've been created to achieve will require that you get comfortable with the uncomfortable. But what I want to remind you is that you absolutely can do hard things. Greater is in you. In that press, it's going to be worth every investment of your time, talent, and treasure. We're going to unpack more today. Now let's get into it. For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love, and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live and welcome to Embrace Your Power. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Now let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to embrace your power and go. Well, hello there. It's Denise Taylor here. And you always know I'm so excited to have you join me each and every week right here on Embrace Your Power. Now, this is the place where you can always count on me to encourage you to build a life that you love. You see, around these parts, we believe that God has given us the power to do it. And when we embrace our power, we truly can be, do, have, and achieve anything that we want. Now, I do believe you'll be divinely inspired to go after the things that God wants to do in your life. And when you do that, you are going to experience satisfaction and fulfillment that will light you up from the inside out. And that is exactly what I want for you. I want you to experience being lit up from the inside out because it feels amazing. Now, whether you're watching me on YouTube or perhaps you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I want you to know that I consider every Thursday a treat day. It's the day that I know I'll be connected with you here. I look forward to showing up and encouraging you to go after your dreams. Now, in this season, we have doubled down on your professional success. We want you to experience career success. And here's the reason why. I talk a lot about building a life that you love, but the reality is we spend a great deal of time at work. We invest a lot of ourselves at work. We spend a lot of our time and interest at work. And so it's only with reasonable expectation that we need to experience success in the workplace. And so this season, I have doubled down on helping you achieve career success. I know that when you achieve career success, you open up a gateway of resources and flexibility and access that makes a huge difference in your life. So I have invited some amazing women to join me in this season and drop some gems of wisdom that I know will be a benefit to you. Now, around these parts, we believe in the success superpowers, and that's with great reason. 
The success superpowers are designed to help you get success in areas of your life that you want to drive some momentum. And the success superpowers are absolutely transferable. And that means that you can use them in any area. Now, if you're new around here, then let me play them back for you really quick so that you can get on the same page with the rest of us. There are five success superpowers and I have been talking about them for years. They are game changers. The first one is see yourself successful. And regardless of what area you want success, you've got to begin to envision yourself being successful. And so when I'm talking about getting promoted, I need you to envision yourself achieving that promotion. I need you to think about what your experiences will be like once you get that role. Now, success superpower number two is shake off fear. And that's so increasingly important because when we start dreaming big, when we start thinking about our next level, it is very likely that fear begins to set in. But I don't want it to throw you off your game. I want you to have specific strategies that will help you shake it off. And that is where the wisdom from these incredible women come into play. Each of them talk about about how they persevered through the moments when it got hard. That's an encouragement to you and you can take away some nuggets to help you. My tip for you when it comes to fear is to go back to who God has created you to be and be resolved in the power that he's given you. Now, success superpower number three is do the work. Now, this one is key. We have a role to play. We have a responsibility in our journey. And so we've got to roll up our sleeves and we got to get busy. We have to put our hand to the plow. But here's the benefit. God said he would bless the work of our hands, which means that he is going to help us us on our journey. Success superpower number four is take care of you. Now, the mantle of greatness, that big dream that you have, it comes with a lot of responsibility and demand. And so I want you to understand how to take care of yourself fully, not just the exterior that we see, but the interior of how you live each and every day, how you think and how you function. All of those things need care and attention. And then finally, success superpower number five is hold fast to your faith. And that's so critical because as we're persevering to success, we are going to run into days of contradiction that we will need to be able to sustain ourselves through. And it's when we go back to our faith that we can understand the hope to keep us going, the peace to keep us going, and we can get the steadiness to get us to our ultimate goal. Now, those success superpowers are something that I want you to begin to understand and adapt as your daily strategies for all of the goals that you are looking to achieve. Now, at the start of season two, I encouraged you to get a journal. I did that because I knew I was having such amazing conversations and every gym that is coming out of these conversations, I do not want it to fall on the floor. I want you to create a log of 
inspiration and encouragement that will empower you in your success journey. And so if you've done that, if you've gotten your journal, it's time to get it because we're going to get into another amazing conversation right now. Now, my guest today is someone that I had a great dialogue with. I mean, we went back and forth talking about some things that are going to be so meaningful to your success. In fact, it was really hard for me to pick a name because we talked about some hard and difficult moments. We talked about persevering through um, some letdowns. We also talked about really getting in the driver's seat of our career. And so that is the reason why I know there's going to be something in here to help you. So I'm so excited to welcome Veronica Mullins to Embrace Your Power. And let me tell you a little bit about her before we get into this incredible conversation that we shared. Veronica Mullins serves as the human resource officer focused on staffing leadership strategy and execution. She directs a team of over 70 leaders geographically dispersed across the U.S., which oversees 5,000 employees. They handle 65 locations, including the Pacific Islands. Veronica is passionate about mentoring and coaching her employees, helping them to see what's possible for them. She was recently selected to be on the 2023-2024 Steering Committee for Women's Mentoring Cohort for the National Department, which is overseeing about 20,000 employees. She recently spearheaded the career exploration event for over 300 high school students. And when Veronica is not working, she enjoys resting, hanging out with those she loves, reading a great book, having a great glass of wine and traveling. Now, as I shared, she and I talk about so many great nuggets. So get your journal, take some notes, and I'll see you on the other side. So I have to say, I'm excited to have Veronica join me today. This is going to be such an incredible conversation. We have so many gems to pull out of her amazing career. So let's jump right in. Veronica, do me a favor. Go ahead and introduce yourself. And as you prefer, walk through your professional career. Yes, like Denise said, I'm Veronica Mullins and I am, um, I work for the federal government as a human resource officer. Uh, I've done that my entire career in HR as a federal um, employee. So I am just about near that time to uh, retire. I have two and a half years left and I am looking forward to that. Um, Started out as a student um, from an HBCU who knew nothing about um, really um, the organization that I work for, and I've been working for that organization since. So um, I've learned a lot how to be a leader and um, made some mistakes, but um, I'm here to share and um, just ready to get into it with Denise. This is going to be so awesome. What I love about the approach is I get a chance to do a little meet and greet with everyone. And as I was sharing with Veronica, I pulled so much out of our brief time before. And so we have so much to pull out of your career. And congratulations to you. There is nothing like being close to the end of that <laughs> light, right? Where you're at the tunnel, the light is near, and you're about to start 
and step into a new season. Yeah. So that's that's very exciting. I can't wait to reconnect <laughs> when you make that transition to hear all the wonderful and great things that you're doing. Now, having said that, let's fast track back to early in your career. And I think one of the things that stuck out to me in our prior conversation was you really discovering the power of relationships. And what seemingly could have been thought of to be a relationship gone wrong, it actually ended up being one of the most influential in your career. So tell us a little bit about that relationship and why it was so instrumental. Yes. Um, what I started out, like I said, as a student, you know, I'm, I'm gung-ho. I graduated. I have this job. And I always laugh because you come out of college thinking, Back then, you know, I'm like, man, I just want to make $30,000. I'll be on the thing, you know. And um, so I got this job where I was actually making like, whoa, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on it right now. So um, I had um, an offer. Um, I'm originally from North Carolina. So I had an offer to come to Florida and work. And I was like, yeah, I told my mom, the first job I get, I'm taking it. And that's what I did. So I got here. Um, started working for an um, organization I'm with now. And I had this supervisor who I'm, I'm new, you know, a new person in my career and I'm trying to learn the ropes. What do you do? And um, I was doing well. And this was probably about, I was had been there probably already five years. So um, she and I had a great relationship. And um, just one day she, and, and she was, you know, a, you had to learn who she was, those, that kind of supervisor, you know, you knew how to kind of maneuver. But one day she came in and she basically humiliated me in front of a customer. And I was sitting there at first, I was just like dumbfounded because I'm thinking, is she really doing this? And so he looked at me and I looked at him and he left and I did too. And actually I left and I was basically in tears because I just didn't know, I didn't know how to take that. And I sat out on the patio and I thought about it and um, I got up <laughs> and I, I just remember this boy saying to me, uh-uh, no, this is not where this ends. And I got up, I wiped my face and I tell people, it was like how people say, David, um, Snoop Goliath, that's just what I felt like. Cause I felt like I was that bold. I got up, I went back in that office and I shut the door behind me and locked it. And um, I went in the hallway, just like she came in the hallway. And I said, um, don't you ever do that to me again. I said, if you do that to me again, then we're gonna have problems. I went in my office, I sat there and yes, the adrenaline in my head was going so, so I, I, I didn't even know what was gonna happen. But I will tell you, she sat in her office for three hours before she came out. And she didn't come in my office. She just walked down the hallway. But after that, um, this lady became a true advocate. She put me in for just about every team. And this wasn't because of her feeling bad about what she did. But she acknowledged my work and that I did 
a great job just based on, you know, the customers. And that started her, actually her, that um, interaction with her started my leadership, just looking into leadership. And, um, but also as I started, you know, getting involved with other people in the organization, I'm just learning how people lead and um, hearing other um, supervisors. I wasn't a supervisor at the time. I was a specialist, but I was a facilitator. So just listening to that, um, what was going on. So she became, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but for the next actually 18 years, she became my advocate for work. And I can say that where I am now is because of the foundation that she put me in. That is incredible. All right. So there's a couple things that I'm just itching <laughs> to unpack with that. The first is I want to acknowledge that it goes without fail that we have that day at work, right? That day when something like that knocks us off our socks, right? Like it knocks us down. Um, you went outside. I went to the stall in the bathroom, right? We all have that day where our emotions are so high and we find ourselves crying. And there is this mistaken perspective that we cannot have emotion tied to our work, but there are still elements of relationship and dynamic that still hurts our feelings. Yeah. And just because you have that moment, in case anybody has had that moment, it doesn't discredit you. But I do think what you do next matters. And I love the fact that you were able to kind of steady yourself, regroup and figure out how to stand up for yourself in that moment. And I would imagine, and certainly she's not here to say, but I would imagine that that was enough to get her attention and respect you in a way that allowed her to see beyond you just being a worker anymore, but you also being a valued resource on her team that she could support. And so I want to say kudos for that. And so I don't know, did you and her talk about it after that? Or did she give you any feedback or insight from it? She just nope. took that moment and ran. She took it. And um, I will say this though. It was five years later. Five years. Okay. And she, she, let's see, she, myself, and another coworker were walking out to the parking lot. And we were having a conversation about something. I don't know what it was. But she said in the conversation, she was like, <sighs> I tell you what, you better not um, say that to Veronica because she will definitely get you for that. And I just laughed because I said, I know what she's referencing. She's referencing that situation. That was sort of like her way of saying, I'm sorry, you know, mm -hmm. but without saying I'm sorry, which was fine because even within those five years, she had, she had done so many things to help me excel. Um, I wasn't mad at her because you, you start to learn that some people just don't have the skills that they need to do what they need to do when it comes to leadership. But I felt like, you know what, her acknowledgement of the different things that she had, you know, places that she had placed me in, I was, okay, yeah, I can deal with that. And, you know, just like, you know, my faith, I, I'm, I consider myself Christian and 
I there are times when people are not going to say I'm sorry or forgive them. So you have to move on from that. And that's what I did. And so the other thing I want to take from this moment is I recently asked the question about what mistake, if you could go back and redo it, would you do? And there was a couple of people who chimed in around communication, right? And that they were having difficult communication with their manager and they felt like the mistake was they quit, right? And what I love is that you did not allow that one moment to rob you of what has now turned into such an amazing career for you all these years later. And what I also love is that you found a way to keep working, right? You didn't find find yourself wanting to discount the relationship, to treat her any different. You said five years later, you're walking out. You guys are are laughing on your way to the car. You found a way to recover. And so if you could give a few tips to someone who is dealing with difficult communication or people who are just some type of way, what's a couple tips you would give to them? Um, one thing that I read back then, there was this book is how to deal with difficult people. Um, I don't know who the author was. That was kind of in my you know, starting my search of leadership, you know, how can I deal with this? So that was one thing. Another thing that I would say is that um, don't put people in prison in your head because a lot of people put people in prison in their head and you're using all this energy to keep them there. They've gone on about their business. They don't even know they're in prison. And, And you're using all this energy, even at work. We don't realize how we do that at work. So um, I've learned that over the years, you know, you either deal with it or you keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, you either leave, you if you're going to stay, <laughs> you better deal with it. Get them out of prison, say what you got to say and move on or find out. Use your EAP. I've, in HR, I have found that there are so many people that do not use those employee assistance program. They're free. Okay. Use them. So um, those are the things that I would tell people to do. Excellent advice. Excellent. All right. So you had the opportunity to work on a variety of teams um, at the company you're with or the business entity that you're with. Tell us about that. And what did that realization inspire in you? Why do you think that it was a benefit to you in your development as a leader to work on so many different kinds of teams? My um, function, I will say, is HR. Mm -hmm. So um, I started out working on an administrative team where I was at that time a specialist. So I did that. That was what I talked about. Recruitment, staffing um, with people um, throughout the country that are part of my organization. So we would get together in different cities across the country and have uh, workshops on this. Um, Through those workshops, I, you know, you would hear people with these different situations that they've been in at work and how, you know, they just don't have strong or good leaders and that causes them to move to another job. And then, you know, they may have one good leader and then they move to another job. So um, from jobs that a lot of them actually like and from places that they actually like to be in. So um, then I moved on to uh, facilitating supervision 
And boy, did I get an earful there. Just how people didn't know how to supervise. They didn't know where to go get resources or um, to look outside of your organization. One of the things that has helped me grow is that I decided to invest in myself. I didn't, you know, hey, my organization, a lot of things that I wanted to learn, they weren't giving me. So I would, and that's how I met you through one of the coaching programs that um, we were in. So invest in yourself. If you want to be a leader, you're going to have to spend money. <laughs> and um, that is one thing that I, I'm so glad that I've found out, uh, you know, to do that, that I realized you need to do that. You can't just stick with what is available at work because a lot of times what's available at work may not be available to you. That is a good point. That is a really good point. And I think when you do make that investment in yourself, you begin to see your self-worth in a completely different way. Like you Mm -hmm. begin to understand that your value and what you bring to the table is so like incredibly priceless. And I don't know how to describe it any other way. And that it makes you enter rooms in a way because you just develop this sense of being able to thrive. And you're right. Sometimes there are a lot of good trainings available, but you just don't have access because of who you are, what role you're in. But that shouldn't stop you, right? You should make those attempts to develop yourself. I know one of the things that you said also is that you started incorporating good leadership practices before you became a supervisor. And so looking back why is that something that that you think helped you and could possibly help someone else aspiring to become a leader yes um because you you don't really have anybody to lead um but you are working with your co-workers um you don't know if you may be the lead on just a project that's between the two of you Mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. or you could give someone advice where you've seen them maybe make the wrong um, leadership choice. Mm -hmm. And when people see or acknowledge the fact that, you know, hey, this person knows what they're talking about, then they keep coming back. Mm -hmm. And you will become a pseudo leader, even though you're not officially one. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I would do at work was we always have this group of maintenance um, employees And they were guys and they would come into my office and they had a designee. The designee would come to my office. I would teach him how to do whatever we were doing at work. And then he'd go back and teach the others. And um, so we would have conversations, you know, just about leadership, whoever it was, you know, hey, what are you doing over there? And then they would come. So they found out that I was the one teaching, you know, this one person. So then they would come. Even in that, even though I was not a supervisor, they considered me a leader. Because they trusted what I said. So when you get start to get that trust from others, you're a leader whether you, you want to be called one or not. Mm-hmm. So that is why I consider that to be one of probably the best things that you can do as a non-leader is to develop that trust between other people. You know, one of the things that I try to champion is really to disrupt that narrative that you have to be with some sort of org structure to be considered a leader. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I talk about leaders of inspiration, which is traditional. I also talk about leaders of influence and innovation. And that's exactly what you talked about, right? Because we all have a sphere of influence and that doesn't mean they have a direct accountable accountable uh, aspect of their role to us, but it means that we can shine a light on our ability to be able to lead others without that. And I will tell you some of the key roles in my career I didn't have a structure reporting to me, but I had a tremendous amount of influence and I had accountabilities to leaders in the organization. And that is what gave me the credibility. And so you're absolutely right. That is, we can begin to exercise that skill. I think it shines a light on our potential and that ultimately is going to be what helps us make an impact. And that's something that I've been talking a lot about is how to do that and you articulated very definitive steps on how you can make something like that happen so yes. let's just keep moving through your career tell us about that very first promotion right so you were doing different roles you were uh, handling different uh, areas of the business but then you get that first promotion for you did it include supervising people and what was your biggest takeaway from that recognition Sure. My very first promotion was um, to what we called like a training coordinator. I was still, um, you know, probably the lower level um, in, in the office. But with that, I did training. I did um, workers comp and I did payroll. So um, you know, the people from the um, organization, they had to come into my office because they had to, you know, I had to do these different functions um, for them. And that's another way that, um, you know, my leadership started to develop because I knew that in order to do these um, different types of duties, you know, people had to trust that I knew what I was doing. And not only trust, but I had to be credible. They had to know that, you know, you, again, you can trust what she says and what she says is correct. So um, as when I got that first promotion, it was out of the blue because this same supervisor that I told you about at the beginning, she came to me and she was like, you know, I want to upgrade you. You know, you've been a, doing a great job and we have all these duties that I think that yeah. you, you can handle that. So um, I was excited because, you know, this went above that $30,000. <laughs> and... Um, so, you know, I, I was, I, I remember getting it, coming home and, you know, telling my husband and he was like, wow, you know, um, already. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So we, you know, I, it was, it was just something that, of course it was unexpected. And um, with that, it, it just helped me to, to really think that, okay, maybe there's something here. Yeah. But this is prior to the, blow up <laughs> but um it just helped me have more confidence you know as someone just starting out from college you know and, and already probably year two and a half I, I get a promotion and um not something I was expecting so you know when we were talking before you had said something that I thought was really key because I'm I believe people find themselves in this position you said you were actually in leadership, but found you were still struggling to find 
what your fit was. Mm -hmm. Um, That's interesting because one would think I got promoted. So that must mean that I've arrived with some experience that showed I was ready, but you realized that there was still a gap. How did you harness that desire to cover the gap and stretch yourself to meet what the role was demanding of you? Um, so, you know, I consider myself a continuous learner and, you know, I always, I'm always reading something, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how can I make myself better? How can I be better? Um, I didn't lack a confidence. It was just, you know, you get into a, a, a job, you, you never really had a job. So you get into it a real job, I guess is what you would say. And you're trying to figure out, okay, how can I do this? How can I move up? Because that's our first inkling is I'm not going to stay here. So um, I just had it in me that I'm not staying here. This is not the end for me. And this is not where I want to be because I had met, um, there were other, you know, older ladies in the organization and they had been like in their same job for like, 15 years and I said no that is not gonna happen to me I can't do that do the same thing for that long and um so I just knew myself that this was not the end for me and that I was gonna keep going Mm -hmm. and I just kept going you know I would even volunteer for different things in the office Mm -hmm. you know I I wasn't getting any additional pay but I wanted to know how to do it so I would take on some things from um, my coworker who was at a higher level. So I would say, you know, hey, tell me how to do that. And so she would give me little things to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I would do them and I would give them back to her. So um, with that in mind, though, she's watching also what I'm doing. And then she would tell my supervisor, you know, hey, I gave her this and she did that mm-hmm. with no issues Mm -hmm. so with that then I got another promotion Mm -hmm. so it just you know this is a couple of years but I got another one so I got into a position where I got um what we call upward mobility and I got into a position where I got a promotion for seven nine eleven for three years straight and then um it took probably about five in the middle because that was an organizational issue but I went from that one and then probably skipped a year and then I got one that I got for three years mm-hmm. I just kept getting promotions mm-hmm. three years straight mm-hmm. I love it I love it because <clears throat> it shows a couple of things I hear intention and expectation you showed up and you're like that is not going to be me. I am going to have a completely different experience. And you allow that to turn into action for yourself and say, what can I do? What can I learn? And how can I make my expectations known? Right. Mm -hmm. I also love this one little nuance that you said it was that your coworker went to your boss and explained she can do this and became almost like an advocate.
advocate for yep. you because you opened yourself up to show what you were capable of doing. And yeah. I'm I'm being real in, intentional in breaking that down because there's there are people who sit in their chair and they never move, they never engage, they have a desire because they want more, at least they say they do, but they're not translating that to action, like really simple steps that they can begin to take that signals to everyone around you that you're capable of more, you're desiring more, and you're willing to learn in the process. And so those are some things that people can do as they are trying to say, how do I start momentum? How do I start? Because you just gave evidence. You said, I got promoted three years in a row. I got, you know, that these things can happen when you get that momentum going for yourself. So thank you for sharing that and um, just really helping us to understand some of the detailed things that you did to really get the, get the energy going in your direction. All right. So now there was something really interesting that happened and um, it, it was around your time of going into therapy, right? Yep. And I love the connection of you did it and then change like immediately followed. And so I want you for as much as you're comfortable to share the story of how you realize it set you free. Sure. So um, I started therapy um, after being in um, coaching program and, you know, I heard, heard many of the women talking about, you know, going to therapy. And of course, you know, in the black community, going to therapy, like, girl, you crazy? Like, <laughs> and, and, and so that stigma is attached to it. But um, for some, something, I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. And um, so I knew um, I chose, um, I'll say this, um, better help. And I, they allow you to put in your specifics, what type of therapist you're looking for. So I did that and um, I got this great therapist. And so we were going through doing um, our work and, you know, I was, you know, she saw where I was you know, doing well and, you know, breaking through some other things. However, we got to this point where I wanted to do something else. I, I told her, I feel like I've done what I'm supposed to do here, um, but I, I just feel like I can't move up. Uh, something is wrong. And um, so we, she told me, you know, hey, when you talk about this issue, you get upset. And, and I was like, okay. And she said, um, and until you deal with that issue, there's really no need for us to continue or for um, you, you're going to be where you are basically so I um, thought about it and I was like oh no I can't do that and um, she said um, well I'm just telling you that I know that that is what's holding you back so finally just one day I was um, one night actually I was at home and I decided to deal with the issue I did, dealt with it, don't get me wrong, was like scared to death, but I did. And um, that next day, I actually had their, a therapy session and she, my therapist, she was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, what do you mean what's wrong with me? She was like, 
you your shoulders aren't like up and you don't look tense what happened so i told her and she was like mm-hmm. she said yeah i i could tell she said you look like someone took like a hundred pounds off of you and i told her what had happened what i had done and she said all right you ready now and um you know from that point on i will can honestly say that once i released like you said freed myself from that issue i got scholarships to do to to do different things actually that scholarship was like five thousand dollars from my organization something i never would have done prior but i made myself one thing that um i've learned you know be comfortable with being uncomfortable i made myself uncomfortable i stepped out i did it got got the scholarship i applied for a job that i was like giving up hope applying for the job these types of jobs got the job and you know just so many other things so many doors open to do so many things when i released that and I'm glad you asked that because I did want to say that there's so many of us. And when I say us, I will say black women who have this in us, but mentally, because of the things that we either have been taught or what we're going through in our families, those things keep us from elevating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I recommend therapy and it's really a conversation. It's nothing about you being crazy, but I recommend it to anybody. I tell all my friends, I mean, even afterwards, one of my good friends, I told her, I was like, girl, you better get in therapy because I'm telling you right now, there's nothing like it. And she actually did. So, uh, so yes, what a great, that was probably one of the best investments in my life um, doing that. And I don't think that we really realize how much it weighs us down. And I think it was so incredible (laughs) that your therapist could just look at you and see that you hadn't let it go. And I know in my own journey, and I've been very public about things that I've been through, but in my Mm -hmm. own journey, as I continue to go through the process of freeing myself, What I found is I was holding on to it. It was not holding on to me. Mm -hmm. And you, you can say that to people till you're blue in the face, but it's not until you get the reality that that is true, that Mm -hmm. you are holding on to it. And I called it my blues. I nursed it when I was by myself. I'm in the shower by myself. I'm nursing my blues. I'm in the bed by myself. I'm nursing my blues. I'm in the car. Song come (laughs) on. I'm nursing my blues. It's my blues, girl. And so (laughs) you don't realize how attached to pain you become until you let it go. And then when you let it go, you do set yourself free. And it's almost like immediately, which is part of your testimony, it's like you begin attracting everything that seemed to be repelling away from you almost instantly. Yes, yes. It's like you... It's like, no, you're not ready. You know, it's, I can't give it to you because you're just going to mess that up. No, you know, and, and then it's, you know, when, when it says your cup overfloweth, you know, it's almost like you can't, 
I, I, honestly, I have to say no to things at work now, you know, things that I really want to do, but I'm like, I can't, I just don't have time because I'm, I'm doing this. And, you know, I really want to, one of the things that I got on was this one lady who I just met throughout my career. She said, you know, you should be part of the women's mentoring steering committee for the department, not my organization, but the department. And I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, sure. Yeah, hey, that's something that I would love to do because it involves leadership. So um, something that probably has always been there and I could have done it you know, before, but now it's time. Mm-hmm. And I think what's also powerful too, Veronica, is you said one of the things that encouraged you to do it was you were around women who were talking about it being helpful for them. And that is the power of testimony. And I am certainly not advocating that everyone creates a social platform and starts going live about their experiences. (laughs) Don't do that if God (laughs) didn't give you grace for it, because that is a landmine full of things that will take you out without his provision. (laughs) But what I am advocating is exactly what you did when you went to your good girlfriend and you said to her, Hey, I think this will help you. And I think if we position ourselves to be that support and voice for people who are just around us, even close wise, we -hmm. can begin to make a difference. If we would just open up our mouths and share how we are navigating through the situations that we're dealing with. And so again, I just applaud the example of the community you were in and how it inspired you of how you took that and inspired the people who were close to you. And I think that that's what's going to make a difference. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do. All right. So my next question is for, for you is another, you had so many great stories. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to as effectively as I can dance around to all of them, because I think we can take so much away from your experience, but you talked about, you wanted a position and you went to interview for it with someone you knew, and you were going through these interview processes and you had to deal with that moment when you didn't get the role and he recommended you consider another role. So walk me through that particular experience because some people would be disappointed and would not want to try again. Um, Now this was, probably this type of position was probably my third time applying and you know after a while you just like bump it I'm not doing more yeah so um you know people say third time's a charm lie it's not um there's only one person that has the charm and um so I um applied for this job and um didn't get it I sort of knew I didn't get it because of the timing you know I hadn't heard from this person and this person was a friend and honestly you know probably too too overconfident about um this role and um so I didn't hear but um I happened that night to go into my um email 
so I sent, I saw a message from this person and, you know, they were saying, you know, Hey, you know, we were another candidate and, um, but, you know, I hope you apply to this other job. And I was like, okay. Cause it was almost like, and I say this, the Lord didn't give me a chance to get mad. Like I, I wanted to, but I couldn't. So, um, I said, okay. Um, I didn't even know that job was out there. So this is at 10 o'clock at night. So I go into, um, in the job, I go into the email, um, to our board. I see the job, but the job closes at 11.59. So this is 10. And, um, and I'm going, okay, thankfully, I already had everything that I needed in inside that system applied not even thinking about it because at this point I'm just like I'm gonna apply because you can't not apply and say oh they didn't hire me so I was like okay I'm gonna apply so I did not thinking about it um I got a call for interview still not thinking about it because there are people that are in my organization uh, within that part of the organization they did they're great too you know so I'm just like, okay, let's go through the motions, do this thing. Blah, blah. And then I get a call from the manager saying, you know, oh, I want to call you references. Well, for in my organization, when they say that to you, they're getting rehired you. So I was like, okay. And and I'm thinking, oh, I got to tell my manager that someone's getting rehired you because, you know, I don't, you don't put that out there too early. So, um, I called him and, and I had a great relationship with my manager. So I called him and I was like, hey, you can't really get a reference call. And he was like, for who? And I was like, me, he was like, it's already a no. And um, so we kind of went through that and I told him, um, fast forward, the manager called, they asked me to fly out to where they were. I did. And um, I got hired. No. You know, that testimony <laughs> just to me is incredible um, because some people do get stuck. And if you had gotten stuck for an hour and 59 minutes, you, look, that door was closed and you, you weren't going to have a chance to have that opportunity. And I think that we have to really figure out, are we going to get stuck here or are we really going to allow ourselves to keep moving forward? And I think your example and what has turned out to be such a great opportunity for you and really take you to different levels within your organization and uh, the, the reach that you have now to be able to do some incredible things was just amplified even more. But that opportunity had to be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity because it exactly. was on the clock, okay? It was on the clock. And so I just am so encouraged and I hope that other people take from that that you can miss out if you do too long. You can mm -hmm. miss out if you allow yourself to spiral when things don't go as you hope or as you thought they were going to go, but you have to give yourself grace and room to be able to not get stuck, but to really allow yourself to keep moving forward. And so I think that that is such a powerful story. I also think that it was powerful too, that even though your friend, for the most part, had made a decision on someone else, 
that the response came with advice and recommendation of what you should do instead. And I think in some some cases, people dismiss that, right? Yeah. They think that they are just suggesting that as something that is passive or a nicety, if you will. <clears throat> um, but I do think that we have to open ourselves up to be less emotional in yeah. moments and really be free to lean into them. And so I, I just commend you. And I wanted to make sure that that example uh, was shared. Now, one of the things that you said that I thought was a really powerful statement, you said that one of the things that, that excited you is the opportunity to work for a leader that was a leader. And mm -hmm. I'd love to understand more about what you meant by that, because you said it was an honor to you. So tell us why that was important to you to work for someone who is exemplifying those traits. Sure. Um, whenever I got this new um, position, <clears throat> um, I, I started working for an executive um, who was not uh, someone who normally worked in my organization. So, um, but um, just upon meeting him, the first day that I met him, um, prior to accepting the job, I knew, you know, this this person is like on it when it comes to leadership. I mean, we think the same way. <laughs> and um, so, you know, going into the job after I get the job and start, you know, just talking with him about it and being just amazed by um, his leadership style and um, how it brought a breath of fresh air to my organization was, um, it was crazy. You know, because I'm like, you know, I, I go back because I start thinking about other things, you know, just how, you know, I was upset because I didn't get another job. But then I get into this position with this person who is almost like, you, for me, a godsend in leadership for something that I, I, I am truly passionate about. So um, he had, um, he just has exemplified leadership he's no longer with our organization he's in the organization but he's moved on but um just to show how um a leader can come in and actually make a difference in a short amount of time mm -hmm. when you do the right things when it comes to leadership some of the things are hard hard decisions that you have to make but when you see the outcome I mean, in a short amount of time, just the amount of things that have changed in the organization that I'm in due to his leadership has been incredible. And um, it just helps you to continue to say, you know, you know what, we can keep this going. Let's, let's keep the momentum, even though that person is no longer here, let's keep this going. And um, we've been able to do that. You know, one of the things that I can relate to is just that when I was working at um, Coles Corporation, and I had been there for 15 years, I had an incredible career, very similar to you, a diverse career at one organization. Mm -hmm. They were good to me. I love Coles, right? Like, I love working there. And the only reason why I left is I had the opportunity to work for someone that I thought I could learn something from. Mm -hmm. And that wooed me <clears throat> away from 
a place that had nothing wrong with it. But I do understand the draw of someone where you're like, oh my gosh, like I can really come in and I can have a chance to work closely with you. I can learn things from you and you're right. There's a lasting impact that that person has made that is even beyond them, both in your organization as well as in you. I know one of the things that you also said excited you was when you get a chance to see your own employees get promoted. And I think that that is a mark of really, really great leadership is to have that expectation to aspire for your team to do that. How do you cultivate that within your entire organization? Because see now... Veronica, you you one of them higher ups that they talk about now. You one of them people that they be like the higher ups. Now use the higher up girl. So how do you inspire that within your organization so that it comes down to other people who are leading others within your organization? Yeah. It's so funny because yes, you know that's what people say. Oh, the higher ups. Um, it of course trust. Um. I started my supervisory journey going into an organization that, um, you know, I had one of the employees call me and tell me, I'm not going to work with that person. So I'm just telling you off, don't ask me to. And, and I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? <laughs> you know, what? who does that? I mean, th this is going to be hard. Um, it took time. It, it takes time to, again, get people to trust that you are, you have their best um, in mind. And until then, because, I mean, it's true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and that goes for work, too. So, um, you know, I, I've worked, I was in that job for seven years. And probably it took us about three to get to that point. And... Um, I remember one of the um, one of my employees saying to me um, at the time she was saying how she had told another supervisor outside of our organization how um, before me um, how different they were and now you know at that point we all work as a team and she said I I would have never thought mm -hmm. and um, so. Fast forward, that same employee who really didn't think that, you know, I always talk to her about how great an employee she is, how, how much knowledge she has. Um, and I would encourage her, you know, you should apply to this job, but that, no, you know. Um, so I think kind of what pushed her was when I left. Um, because when I left, I told them, and yes, it was a sad time. I didn't want to leave them, but I did tell them, you all don't need me anymore. What I came to do is done and you don't need me. And um, of course, you know, they disagree with that. But when I left, I think that was the push that she and others needed to apply. So I had sent her and some others, um, some positions that were open. And I said, you all need to apply these jobs. You had the knowledge. And through the whole process, she would call me. Oh, this job, you know, oh, oh, I got, I got an interview, got an interview. And I'm like, you're fine. You know the job, go. And um, so two of them applied and two of them got promoted. Um, and then another one actually, 
who um, I had allowed to go and do these different um, types of um, assignments outside of the organization, um, he actually does the same thing that I do now. So, you know, to to just see that, and I'm not afraid of that. I um, I think it is, um, what is his name? The Virgin guy, Brunson, he says, you know, you train people well enough um, to where they want to leave, something like that, but then they stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, it's fine. I, I, I want them to leave. I tell people all the time. Yeah, people will say to me, and I've had managers, some of my peers say to me, why would you send them the, that um, announcement? I said, because I want them to grow. I don't want them to stay here. I really don't. I want them to grow and, and be all they can be. If they don't want to be supervisors, they don't have to be. So um, it excites me to see that somebody that was in my organization, they, they got promoted. You know, they're doing well. They're, they're taking what they know on to someone else, which makes the organization better. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it absolutely. It absolutely does. And it is the mark of, of really great leadership. So before we take this break, I got one more question. I'm okay. trying to weed through <laughs> to get the ones that I want. Okay. So this question I have, because I know your organization or the one that you moved into leading, it almost was like five times as big as what you had before. And you moved into this new role. And one of the things that you said, you said it really in passing, but it's stuck out to me you had a plan for yourself when you moved in that role of how you would transition in what you would do when you moved in and how much time you were going to give yourself before you really tried to step in and introduce change and I thought it was so well thought out because I think one of the things we don't do well. And I don't mean we as African-American leaders. I mean, leaders in general don't do well when they move into new roles and new parts of the organization or new spaces that they haven't been before is they jump in and they try to do immediate things. Mm -hmm. And it really can be disruptive. But when I heard you talk through your plan, I thought it was very thoughtful. So take us through that for a little bit. Sure. Um, when, one of the things that I noticed just through my leadership and being in organizations where people kind of come in and out is that just what you said, leaders come in and they bring with them what they left and they automatically want to change and not giving themselves time to see if what is currently here works. And maybe you want to incorporate some of what you had into that. So, um, Yes, I knew about the organization, and in my mind, I, I was like, when I get there, I want to do both. But then I thought about it, and I thought about how I felt when I had a leader come in and do that. So I sat for 90 days, which was hard. <laughs> I sat there and watched, listened. You know, some things you have to make decisions on, but any major changes, I did not want to do. And um, so for 90 days, a little bit over 90 days, but um, for the most part that I just said, I watched, made notes, um, asked my staff to, you know, start making a document of things that they saw needed changing and um, went from there. So when the 90 days, yeah, it may be a little bit more than that, 
um, went by, I went to work. And that's where we are now, actually, because my 90 days was um, around the end of January, beginning of February. And um, we're working through that plan now. So it's time for your empowering moment. Now, we are eight days into this journey. So many of you already know that this is a time where I stop to jumpstart and energize you. I am featuring my book, Embrace Your Power and Go, during this segment. That book is specifically written for people who are ready to jumpstart their success. Now, we are on day number eight of the journey. And and the way that I've curated the book is each and every day, there's an intention that's set. There's a scripture that comes along with it as a promise. There is a passage that I have personally penned and an affirmation that you can say and affirm in your life. On top of all of that, you can begin to capture some thoughts and goals about each day's intention. Now, day number eight is focused on this, spring forward indeed. The scripture reference for the day is, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And that's Philippians 3 and 14. Now you can imagine on that day, I am really focused on helping you get out of your own way so you can spring forward. And here is the affirmation that I pinned that I will offer to you now. Today, I make the quality decision to let go of my excuses and move beyond every limiting comfort zone. I see myself successful. I choose faith over fear. I do the work. It's my time to spring forward and I will spring forward indeed. And that's what I want for you. I want for you to initiate your success and allow it to bring you forward to the goals that you have. Now, if you don't have the book, I want to invite you to put your prime to work. It's available on Amazon and you can get it today. But even more than that, if you know that it is time for you to make moves towards your goals, I want to invite you to connect with me. I would love to be a part of your success journey. And I give you access to book a time right on my calendar for us to talk. And so you can visit www.callwithdenise.live, set up a time for us, and we can talk about how you can continue to jumpstart your success and achieve your goals. Now let's get back into it. Okay, so now that we're back, we're going to dive into your wisdom and get some good advice for you. Um, I love to call this section all about power leader and what you would share to women leaders um, in terms of advice for these different scenarios. So the first one is this, what's your best advice for women who are feeling stretched? They're either stretched by transition, opportunity, or pressure that they're putting on themselves to perform. Best advice would be take a breath. Um, someone just told me that, um, Actually, Monday, I was working with a um, change management group and um, one of the ladies, she said, you know what? You can breathe. You know, just just stop. Take a breath. Because I think we get so 
you know, like busy. That we don't take time to like, okay, just just breathe. That that's all you need to do, and then go back to it because it's not going anywhere. And if it's for you, it's for you. So Listen, that's how I feel with this homework. Going back to school, you know, it ain't clicking like it used to. So it take me a little exactly. bit longer. <laughs> exactly exactly and so every now and then i'm like okay denise just get up take your little break and come Mm -hmm. back to it so that is excellent advice that i will keep doing (laughs) all right so the next one is your best advice for women struggling to fit in at work they find it hard to be accepted or understood yes first forget that stop the trying to fit in be yourself. Now, I will say that there are things that we do have to do that we may not like to do in order for people to know who we are. Now, I get this from two people. I get this from Carla Harris, who um, is um, a VP at Morgan Stanley. I think that's what she is. But she writes about, you know, just talking about trying to fit in. And um, also, um, Minda Hart, she wrote the memo. She talks big on this about fitting in. Be you. You you have to be you. And and then find out, okay, if these people are going to the bar, you go to the bar. But you ain't gotta stay the whole time. You know, go get you if you don't drink, get you something that sizzles, a spray. It sizzles. They don't have to know what's in your drink. Okay. You just go. Listen, because those outside conversations are what's going to get you to the table. And, you know, if I don't know, you know, people be mad about Becky, but Becky went to the bar, okay? That's why. Becky know about Bob's children. <laughs> so, you know, you don't have to go every night, but you got to find your way to, to get in there. We say, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. I don't have time. Make time. You know, <clears throat> it's so interesting you say that because I'm not... I am very introverted, right? Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. And people don't believe it, it's very <laughs> true. And so I, in my transition to this entrepreneurial space, I am having to build relationships in ways that I didn't have to do in corporate America because in corporate America, you're saying go out, but I know them, like <laughs> I work with them. Okay, so at least I know who they are. I am finding that I have to go out with and meet people like people I don't know. And so one of the best advices that I have received is I create account for myself. I'm account. I'm gonna talk to five people. Like I go in like five people, Denise, you're going to talk to five people tonight. <laughs> um, I go in with my question already set up that I am going to ask so on my most recent one it was tell me something great that happened for you today that was my question (laughs) and then you're right if after that point I'm done I could just leave right because I honored myself and I would say Mm -hmm. the same it can be applied in the workplace you just go and you make connection and you don't you don't have to close it down with them you Mm -hmm. can make your connections and leave and go yes Mm -hmm. all right so your best advice for women wanting to advance their career and get to the next level be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That's all. You you can't. 
if you're comfortable, then that means you want to sit where you are. The next level is going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Every time. Until it becomes comfortable again, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Every time. I, I, I will say every time it's been uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But be, you, you're going to have to. That's good. All right. So these next, this next section um, includes 12 things that I've identified that I feel every power leader should know. And I'm not going to ask you all 12 of them. I'm going to have you pick three. So (laughs) pick three numbers between one and 12. And those will be the ones that I ask you. Okay. So uh, one, Mm -hmm. um, four, Mm-hmm. and 12 and 12 all right the first one is what's your best advice on how to read the room um my best advice would be to you go into the room knowing who you are okay because and go into the room feeling comp- confident you go into a room with that it doesn't matter what the room is because, you know, I tell people, you know, people always, some people ask me, oh, why you overdress? Oh, yeah. Every time, you, you, every time you're going to find me overdressed because I don't know what that room's like. And uh, when I go in, I have to feel my best. If I'm underdressed, I'm not talking. You know, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, these people look at me. If I go into that room and I look my best. I can read that room. It doesn't matter who in there. You know what? This comes up so much. And so it must be an area that people challenge themselves with um, because I I heard the same exact advice from another leader. And I know myself when I have tried to show up and I was in something that wasn't me, I did not feel comfortable. And to your point, I was so self-conscious about me that I couldn't participate well in what was going on. And so I agree with you. You got to just be you. And so Mm -hmm. if you like colors and waves and designs, then come on with it. Bring it on in there. Exactly. Exactly. Because you will be okay. Whatever someone throws to you, 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 okay, bring it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny. So this is my favorite movie. Don't judge me. But it's like that scene in Pretty Woman. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie in Pretty Woman where she was kind of dressed up in an outfit that he had gotten for her. And she turned to him and she said, if I had been in my own clothes, I would have knew how to respond to them. But she was out of her element because she Mm -hmm. wasn't in her own clothes. And so I think that that's a key advice. Now, I'm not saying show up at like a hoochie mama. We don't attract those people to this platform anyway. (laughs) But I am saying if you like the bling, wear the bling. If you want to dress up, dress up. Make sure you're (laughs) at least appropriate for the moment. I do throw that disclaimer in. (laughs) All right. So number four is your best advice for how to lead without being off-putting to others. Um, Again, I will say, um, know who you are first. You have to be authentic. You cannot. People will almost, they can smell it. They can't. You know, people can sense that that's not really you. One of the things that I do when I go into an, 
organization is that I don't leave it for assumptions. I send an email out, I tell people, this is these are my expectations. You go outside of that, then this is what's gonna happen. I mean, I, I do it every time. And one of my employees said to me, I was glad that you told me because I don't want someone to be in a situation and they have to think about, oh, if I do that, how what's gonna happen? She didn't respond. So I I don't I don't want that because I I know what that's like as an employee to kind of think about it. So I always, always try to make sure that my employees know these are my expectations. Mm -hmm. And if they know that off the bat, you're not going to have any issues. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, you're going to have the one that wants to go rogue. But mm -hmm. for the most part, don't leave it up for assumptions. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I love that. Clear expectations, because mm -hmm. that's where disappointment comes from. And that's where the off-putting comes from, too, yes. is when people don't understand what it is you expect. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. Number 12, how to find out what your mama couldn't teach you. Well, I, I am a big proponent of flushing things out. So once I learned the organization, I know how to put things together in order to kind of flush out what I can't see. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, then you make it clear. Because a lot of times when you, for my organization, when you have a big organization, you can't see everything because unfortunately you are up here <laughs> and all this other stuff is going on around you. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do is I do these different teams. Because someone is going to tell it. <laughs> Regardless, somebody's going to tell it. And once I find that out, then I bring it. You know, I have conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And in those conversations, they get understanding mm -hmm. of what they, they mama should have told. I love it. I love it. All right. So around these parts, I love tapping into wisdom. As you can tell, I've been pulling on your gift already, but here's our closeout questions. I've been asking these for a couple of years now, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay. What's your life wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about life? If you could, what is my life wisdom? What would I tell my younger self? Okay. My life wisdom is first, treat people like you want to be treated. That is, I, I try my best to live by that um, in life and at work. Um, I would tell my younger self, don't be afraid. It, I think that's just something that comes culturally. And, you know, um, I believe now at this point in my life, I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. and um that i would tell her tell her that don't be afraid it's okay mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna make mistakes i also believe that we as black women have this thing in our head that i can't mess up and if i mess up what people gonna say mm -hmm. yeah and um you know it's okay <laughs> you're gonna make a mistake it it's gonna happen but you, you're never told that, that it's okay for you to make a mistake because we 
Some of us are the first at everything in our family. First to go to college, first to have this big job, first to do this. And um, I'm actually one of those first. So um, first in my immediate family, not my family as a whole, but you know, you are, it's okay, you know, to make a mistake. And I, I really wish I, I would have heard that early on. Um, I think it would have saved me some angst. <laughs> Love wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about love if you could? Um, (laughs) To be vulnerable. There's another thing. We are not told to be vulnerable. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that's something that I had to learn on my own. I had to learn how to do that. And um, I remember the day that it actually clicked in my head. You know, you're going to have to allow this person, and I say this person speaking about my husband, to love you. You know, because in my mind, I can do this. If that happens, <laughs> you know, I can do some, but it's okay. Be vulnerable. If you have someone that loves you, let them. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm telling you, no truer words. Let them, let them love you. Mm -hmm. All right, girl, you're not going to pull it out of me right now. I'm going to keep on trucking. Okay, (laughs) what's your happiness wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could? Sure. Love yourself. Okay, do not feel like, I mean, when I say love yourself, love yourself whole. You know, not just that Louis Vuitton pocketbook or whatever pocketbook it is you like, love yourself mentally. Give yourself time. Like we, um, you and I have, we're talking um, about, you know, taking breaks, going somewhere by yourself. It's okay. You can go by yourself. You don't need to have someone just go and just rest your mind. Let it be mush for a couple of hours, you know, where all this stuff is not going. Love yourself. I, I think we don't, we think we do, but, I don't think that we realize that we really don't because we're doing so much that we don't allow ourselves to actually love yourself. Just sit in the presence of who you are. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I am a napper and I will and rest. Oh my, that is another one for happiness. You have to rest. I'm a sleeper. My body says go to sleep. I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think that's a big one. Sleep, rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Denise, I, I have heard and lost people that have passed away in their sleep, young people. Mm-hmm. And I have known some of the things that have were happening in their lives. And a lot of it, I do believe, is just these people were, were not resting. They didn't allow their minds to rest. And that stress mm-hmm. gets in your head. Love. Um, yourself, rest, therapy. <laughs> yes, that is the new recipe for Black Girl Magic. Okay, <laughs> that is the recipe for mm-hmm. Black Girl Magic. Listen, mm-hmm. I wish that someone would have told me. It took me um throttling my life down to understand and appreciate rest and I really didn't realize how fast I was going until 
I found moments of rest. And so your points are very, very, very wise advice. So tell me what's next for you and how listeners can get connected with you if they would like. Um, What's next for me is that I am continually working with my team at work. That's what I'm really working on now, Um, working on just consolidating our efforts within our office. Um, And people can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. That's kind of where I hang out. Um, My name, Veronica Mullins. And, um, you know, if you want to say hi, say hi. I, I normally jump on there just about every day. And um, check it out and see what's going on. So, yeah. Awesome. One more thing, Veronica. Success looks so good on you. <laughs> Thank you. And you too, my dear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, at the end of every week, I am always just so proud and so honored to have these amazing conversations. I hope that you are gleaning so many great nuggets from each and every one of the guests and Veronica did not let us down today. There are a number of things that stuck out to me from our conversation. We talked about that one moment that so many of us experienced that the difficulty takes us to tears. For her, she went to her car. For me, I went to the bathroom. But finding it within yourself to go back in there and try again is what it's all about. Now, that difficult moment may have occurred more than once, but the number of times doesn't matter. What really matters is your resolve to keep moving forward. You see, one of the things that I talk about often is how we will face days of contradiction, and it's your faith that's going to give you the hope to try again. Another one of the things that stuck out to me is how powerful relationships are turning out to be in our success journey. We've heard it time and time again, how each one of the guests, even including Veronica, have talked about relationships being the key for accelerating their success. And that is one of the reasons why in this season, I am showing up to help women lead do exactly that. You see, when you get partnership, good partnerships, it will always collapse time. It will help you get there faster, primarily because you're tapping into experience, insight, and wisdom. And that is the thing that accelerates you. It's as if those things that they bring to the table are yours because they will begin to influence your decisions and help you make all the great moves. And so if you are looking to accelerate your career success, I have an opportunity for you. In this season, I am partnering with women who want to get promoted. That is my entire mantra. I want to see you get to the next level. And Veronica talked about how she was able to get promoted year after year. But for some of us, we've stalled out and we 
need to re-energize the momentum to make our promotions a reality for you. That's the reason why I am helping women leaders develop the skills, the savvy, and the momentum to achieve the career success that you want and deserve. The easiest way to connect with me is to either DM me on social media. I am present and I try to check all my messengers at least once daily or to book a call with me. The beauty is I give you complete access to my calendar and you can select a time that works for you. So this is how it works. If you go to www.callwithdenise.live, it will open up my calendar. The dates will show up and you can select a date and time that works well for you. At whatever time you select, I'm going to give you a phone call. Not my representative, not somebody who works with me or for me. It's going to be me. And on that call, I am going to ask you a series of questions. That's the reason why it's called a discovery call. You see, the thing about me is I'm a success girl and I also know the value of time. I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste your resources. So on the discovery call, I ask you a series of questions so that I can understand more about how your success can be accelerated. And if I believe I can help you, then I will make a recommendation that will include my services. But nonetheless, I am going to give you some perspective on the best next step that you should take. You know, I was recently listening to a message that said, if you believed in the possibility of you, if you believed that thing could be accomplished, what step would you take now? And I guess that's the question I have for you. If you believe promotion is possible for you, what step would you take now? And what I'm offering you is help to accelerate your success by partnering with me. So go to my calendar, book a time for us so that we can talk more and I can help you achieve the success that you desire. Now, here's the good thing. We're not done yet. More conversations are lined up for you to get more wisdom and gems and I'll be back on next Thursday with another guest that will help you achieve your career goals. Now, if you love this episode, you're going to want to access the free resource I curated just for you. The Power Leader Toolkit is absolutely free and it includes three power pack career transforming resources that will help you change the game and build the career that you want and deserve. It includes my powerful training, The Seven Habits of highly successful women. Now you can get your hands on this toolkit right now. And as I said, it's absolutely free. You can access it at www.powerleadertoolkit.live. Again, that's www.powerleadertoolkit.live. And of course, I'll be back next week with more power leader strategies to help you transform your career. But until then, remember to always embrace your power and go.